Relationship Rewire is made possible by support from its listeners. So please hit pause and go to growinglovenetwork.org and click on the donate button. Go ahead. We'll be glad to wait. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's wrong and what's right with marriage and relationships in our world today. This episode is titled, Help When There's Been an Affair, and our guest is Dr. Patricia Adams. All right, I have here with me Dr. Patricia Adams, longtime friend. We used to work together back in the, the old days at, right. at, in the college world as counselors there at the Counseling Center College here in San Antonio. And uh, Dr. Adams is the president of Zeitgeist Wellness, and she also has an organization called HIP, Healthy Innovative Processes. Is that, did I say that right? That's correct. And she's also got a uh, ministry that's part of Zeitgeist, correct me on it if I get it wrong, part of Zeitgeist Wellness Group that is called I Still Do. Now tell us what I Still Do is, Trisha. I Still Do, the tag on that is remaining in your marriage when your spouse has had an affair. And there are so many couples in and outside of religion that are facing these type of struggles every day. And when they present to therapy, oftentimes the therapist doesn't really know what to do with that process. So for the last 10 years or so, we've been talking about the idea of what it means to remain in your marriage from a spiritual perspective when either the female or the male in the marriage has has stepped outside the bounds of that, that sexual relationship. Okay. Now, so just to be clear, uh, both Dr. Adams and I are trained as therapists, so we're not right. poo-pooing therapists here. We're not. But you're just saying most therapists really don't know, and that's my experience too. They don't. Uh, we're trained to do all kinds of things, and right. we're not usually trained a lot in the areas of marriage, but it's more specifically in affairs. So what are the things that, um, uh, what are some uh, common things that you see that they're just missing um, when the average therapist is trying to deal with an affair they miss the, the the idea of what it means to a couple spiritually when someone is is stepped outside the marriage and had a sexual affair they miss the dynamics of what it means to the family how the, to tell the family whether or not to tell the family what to do with young children what to do with adolescent children what to do with adult children um how to engage their church if they feel like that's the place to go, mm-hmm. um, or if it's, or is it not the place to go? Should I share this with my pastor? I'm on the leadership team. Should my pastor know? There are so many questions about all those things, and oftentimes the therapists are just specifically thinking about well, you did this or you did that, and they're they're addressing the affair, yes, but the, all the implications behind that that these mm-hmm. couples are concerned with, especially couples that come to us that are in leadership in their churches. Oh, yeah. So, so often one of them will want, especially if they're in church, one of them will say, well, I think we need to tell the church. And the other one, very often the one who didn't do the cheating says, no, 
we don't want to tell the church. Or just the opposite. They're so angry, mm-hmm. and they don't really know what to do with their anger, so they want to lash out, they want to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. I, you know, So we have a specific protocol so that how to just keep it within us for a while. Let's process some of this anger. Let's process some of the frustration. Let's process the belief systems that have been shattered because this person went outside the marriage. Therapists don't necessarily know what to do with all of that. And, and they present with that. Spiritual couples definitely re- present with a smorgasbord of things that are going on because somebody cheated in that relationship. So you were talking like one of the, one of those dynamics is spiritually. What would be an example of, of something that that uh, the average therapist would just get wrong uh, when dealing with the, the spiritual aspect of a, an affair? First of all, they wouldn't take it into consideration. <laughs> the okay. average service, you know, I'm not sure who your listeners are, but if they're believers, then they would understand that that's certainly part of their walk. But if they're a secular therapist, they wouldn't even oftentimes bring that into consideration. Sure. And they're going to go really left brain first and say, well, he did it or she did it. Why are you still with him? Mm-hmm. Well, they have a whole lot of whys, you know. Mm-hmm. They've been going to church all their lives. Just these stories upon stories that we hear about the secular therapist not really knowing what to do with it. Now, a Christian therapist may assume that they know the word because they say they go to church. But there are a lot of people who don't really not rightly dis- discern the word of truth, which the Bible says that, so that the f- couple can get to where they need to in the process of someone cheating. It's very difficult. It takes a great deal of time and energy, too. Is your marriage getting worse instead of better? Has there been talk of separation, or is either spouse considering divorce? If any of these apply, then Love Reboot is your answer. Come join the hundreds of couples who were once in despair and headed for divorce, but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship after attending a Love Reboot weekend. Visit us at growinglovenetwork.org for more information on an upcoming Love Reboot workshop. Hello, this is Max Lakato. You're listening to Relationship Rewire. So what's the, uh, give an example of what's, what's a common thing you, you experienced in, with a couple in, in this kind of thing? Again, should I tell my pastor or should I not pa- tell my pastor? Okay. It comes out, I was like, well, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, how does pastor get involved in this you know, early on? But now I get it because sometimes they are leaders and they, they're not ready yet. Or if that person wants to tell, I want to know the reason for the telling. Okay. What's the purpose in sharing that story right now? And you can look at people and ask them that, and they can sit for a minute and reflect on that and say, you, you know you're right. I didn't say anything yet. They come to the decision sometimes it's not the right time to tell. It may never be the right time to tell. Okay. And some people have a philosophy that you should tell everybody right away, and we don't have that philosophy. And they're relieved in that sense. Mm-hmm. They want to know how to tell their children, if they should tell their children, when they should tell their children. Should they tell all the children at one time? Should they tell the adult children? And, and then they want to know, well, do they tell the, the party that they cheated with? Sometimes, oftentimes, believe it or not, it's a family friend. It's mm-hmm. not always a stranger. Or it may be some of the kids know that mom and daddy had a relationship through work. All those type of dynamics come up, and sometimes the therapist 
that we hear about judge to, to tell them to do things that may not just be right for them yet. It's just you have to let the couple kind of walk through that stage for themselves to figure out how to tell, if to tell, when to tell, who to tell. So I still do is, is couples that have been through this process, is it couples or individuals that lead these groups? I still do is for the couple. And mm-hmm. we have multiple layers of the groups. We have the group just for the for, we have the group for the couples. So if a woman cheats, then she and her husband are put in a group because she cheated. If a male cheated, then he's put in a group where he where the men cheated. Mm-hmm. And part of the I do process, which makes it phenomenal for us, is we have I do couples who come alongside of these couples and serve as their sponsor or their mentor, if you will, because they have been there, done that, okay. and God has brought them through that process. So kind of like AA, you've got the... The, the person who's the alcoholic and then the person who's dealing with it. That is correct. Okay. That's and correct. Do, do they do they meet together also? We meet together. We we have groups um, in and around San Antonio, as you know. And so the groups are led by a therapist as the facilitator. Um, and then secondary facilitator is the couple, the couple group that's been there, done that. Okay. So we meet for an hour and a half because we need breakout time. So there's breakout time for the couple, of course, to be in connection with all three, the therapist and the mentor couple, and then we break them out so that the, the, the female sponsor of the group can sometimes address the males and vice versa. And so it just really becomes an eclectic, dynamic, overall perspective where everybody is talking and blending that together. So they're together. getting some uh, help for their own situation, but then also help for them as a couple. Correct. Okay. Correct. Great. So they're hearing both sides of the story and getting perspectives that they probably wouldn't see if they were just thinking from, oh, how do I, uh, you know, what am I going through? Correct. Okay. And great. both parties have to be engaged. It's not like, oh, you can come to group tonight and he, he can't come. Mm-hmm. When you come to the group, because it's a group experience, both parties have to attend both groups. Okay. I mean, both parties have to attend that group every single time. Okay. It's a 12-week process. And um, it's, an old, it's a closed group. So once we start with your, your cohort, as we call them, the folks in your groups, right. we don't open it up to someone else because we want you to get through the entire process. Well, if I was, uh, I'm going to come at you with a question, same question from both sides. So let's say my spouse, I, we've just found out, uh, he or she admitted or what most often is the case they got found outright <laughs> amen to that they got uh, so um we just it's come to light now we both know okay my spouse has been in an affair and i i'm listening to this right now and i'm going yes this is what we need but my spouse is not gonna want to do that well how would i approach my spouse do you have some it's a good question. It happens all the time. It's, it's almost like you're pulling one in and, you know, I was going to say something like pushing them in the door, you know, yes. to, to be involved. But that's a hard question. And so my recommendation is that you go, whichever one you are, to go to individual therapy first okay. and get some perspective on you and your process and what happened because someone cheated on you or you are the cheater. And hopefully listen to a group like this, a conversation like this between John and I. You'll say, hey, I remember that. I remember that. And when the other spouse comes along to the idea that, yes, I do want my marriage, 
and I don't want the person that I was cheating with fundamentally. And we all know that there's different reasons why people have affairs, and we know that. We can have another conversation about that on another podcast. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you do have to wait yeah. for that person to be ready to go. Yeah. And sometimes going and taking care of yourself and understanding whether you're the cheater or the one that's cheating on, what does this mean for me? And how do I manage me in this process? And you go home and you become different because of what you're learning, what you're experiencing, and you're grieving over, you know, what, is, what you feel because this has happened to you. And you're learning how to be a better person in the circumstances that you're in that might lead that person to come. I've seen that several yeah. times. Not everybody in a relationship where this happened to are on the, at the same place right. to go to therapy or to go to this group process at the same time. But ultimately, what we have discovered is that in groups, you get more out of the fact that, hey, they do understand what I've been through. As a psychotherapist, I cannot tell you how many times where, well, you don't understand me because you not you haven't been what I've been through. Right. Well, I've asked the Lord to not let me be an alcoholic, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. I've asked the Lord not to allow me to beat my children and then feel bad about it later. So we get it, and that's why we created the process the way we did. We based it on a relationship format that says, yes, I have been there, and I know what it takes mm-hmm. to help the, with the trust and rebuild all those things that have been broken because someone has cheated on the other person in that marriage. Well, I'm glad um, to hear about this um, because one of the things that we do with our Love Reboot Workshop, yes, uh, probably half the couples that come to that is there's an affair that's either be recently been discovered or uh, some very often the, the affair is still going on. And most of the couples by the end of that workshop, uh, the person who's in affairs come to the place where they're saying, yes, I need to end this. But now they have this next step that they, that, you know, we, we help them develop a plan. What's your next step? And this for a lot of couples is going to be a good next best step. One of the ways that we get, uh, you know, probably most of the couples that come to us, they don't come to us as a couple. They, they come as an individual. The spouse that's most wanting to try to make things work and so one of the things we coach them and this might be helpful helpful to the listeners thinking about coming to yours is is you know we are all terrified of being thrown under the bus right and nobody has the ability to throw us under the bus more than our spouse <laughs> right because they know all the dirt on right. right so uh, one of the things we tell them is uh, first of all tell them you're going there to work on you and second of all um, that you're not going to go and throw them under the bus you're going to be there to figure out what you can do to make the marriage better again correct and so saturday for instance i'm with a couple and this could be anybody but you know it's like i want to keep telling the story i want to keep telling the story i want to keep telling the story i want to keep revisiting the hurts and i'm like okay but where are you in the process with moving forward from mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know me, John. You know you know me oh, for yeah. a long time. I got some jokes. <laughs> I told him, I said, look, this little $50 copay you're trying to pay me, it, it, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Go down the street and give you $50,000, $20,000 of divorce attorneys. I can't fix the world for you. <laughs> I can't. You know, so you have to come with, the real, with a realization that, again, part of this is about what I can do better. Mm-hmm. And how God wants me, because again, this principle, these principles, and I still do remain in your marriage and your spouse had an affair are clearly based upon biblical principles. I've been around secular psychotherapy for a long time, mm-hmm. and when I wrote this process and began this process, I knew it could not be built upon 
I mean, what Oprah said or what Dr. Phil said, you know, back in the old day was Dr. Phil um, Collins. I think that was his name, not Dr. <laughs> Phil Phil. You know, he would say, Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? And I'm just like, okay, we have to build this on something that has a strong foundation, something that can work. Mm-hmm. So come in with a real ex- realistic expectation that it is about what can I do as a person who was cheated on? Yeah. What can I do as a person who did the cheating mm-hmm. to, to help this marriage yeah. stay together? Yeah. And as as much as the hurt and uh, the the pain and the anger makes you want to punish that other person, ultimately your own life's going to be better when you start getting on the on the track of what can I do different in, what can I in do? the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's and there's always something you can do different. Right? There's always something, yeah. and having those couples there to share their stories and to to have some accountability in that. It makes it all worthwhile to do the groups. I mean, you see people change. I'm, one quick story. In the very beginning, we didn't have like, um, we have um, what we call, there's a time to start be- becoming sexual with the other person again. Some people, and we'll get to that in another show, mm-hmm. start having sex way too soon. Now they're mad because they did, because they're comparing themselves to him or her. Oh, I mean, right. just on and on. And so after couples really get through about step nine or ten, it's like, you know what? I think we need to redo this again. So we've had some rededications to mm. to the relationship. You know, some of our couples have, you know, just had, you know, they go out, they play on weekends together. The team gets around them and supports them. So it's kind of like a little reboot, remarriage, right there, recommitment to the relationship. Right there in the bedroom, the, right? the team's around them? <laughs> no, in, <laughs> in our group, you no, know. Okay. And so we plan it out, and we've had some cake and, you know, and a little – you know, lingerie party just for us, you know, because yeah. now they're going out next weekend. They planned the trip and they made a commitment. You know, more, um, no more, what's the word I'm trying to use? No more being frustrated sexually because now we're truly committed to our process. We're beginning again and all the negative thoughts that may have come up in times where it destroyed the ability to be intimate yes. with, another, with one another again. One another again. So we got into that place and now we're having a little ceremony amongst ourselves for, for them as yes. they go out and celebrate that weekend of renewal together. And it's there's, become there's, very special. There's probably not a single love reboot that we do that goes by that at the end a couple comes up to us. You know, they they usually wait till everybody else is gone, and that's almost always that question: When do we start being sexual again? And it's always like, well, there's no clear, easy answer for that. If we're, so, that's one of the things you you help them negotiate. We do. We them. we have to because I mean, they are there are extremely hurt feelings in right. this when that you know you feel violated at the core, mm-hmm. you know. And so we just we put it out there, not till you're ready, not till you go through this step or that step. And you kind of know, you look at each other and you're sitting on the couch and next thing you know, you're holding each other and you're crying together. And Or maybe you're in a worship service and God's just speaking to both of you and you reach over and you've got each other's hand and everything that you've done in group and then that whole process of just being in that that collective body experience, you know when it's time to do that. And they do come back to the group and say, we're ready, and how do we do it? Yeah. And we've talked about it already. Um, so they, they move into that space. I think that would that's what you've just said is, is going to be really helpful to somebody who might be listening to this who's mm. experienced their spouse um, having an affair. But now if I'm, if I'm listening to this and I've been the guilty party, I might be thinking... Well, so part of the reason 
I got in this affair was because my spouse and I didn't have a sexual connection. We got to a place where we weren't, uh, they didn't, you know, seem to desire sex with me or we just, uh, that, that part got so awkward and difficult for us that it just was kind of non-existent. And so now you're telling me i got to wait even longer. What, what would you say to that? You're waiting even longer so that the foundation is rebuilt correctly so that you can go there. I did not know when I first became a marriage and family therapist many moons ago that men struggle so much with their identity, their self-esteem, mm-hmm. their self, not their self-worth, but their own identity about sexuality. Mm-hmm. Most women back in my generation, believed you guys knew what you were doing. You know, <laughs> you were confident. You were Superman, you know, or something like that. But I'm finding out over the years is that really, so the manual is really not there on how to do all of that. No, the locker room doesn't give you <laughs> It very does good, not, good, you know. No. <laughs> and so time to really address those issues in the group with the male who's been there, done that. It's going to be there, and it's going to be better because you do wait. And not to mention so many people in our generation. I don't know about yours, but you know how old I am. In our generation, we were told to wait. And so people bring that non-waiting issue into the relationship so it leads them into that path. It's not always because of their spouse. There's a lot of guilt that has come to people in their marriages because, oh, I didn't wait, and now I'm not a good performer, or I'm not performing the way she wants to do or I'm not pleasing her the way I think she should yeah. oh slow down did you ever talk about it mm-hmm. no you never talked yeah you always had sex with the lights off you never had sex during the middle of the day you never talked about your performance anxiety issues never I never said never said anything to anybody so a lot of this I want to call it foolishness about adultery comes from a place that we don't even, again, going back to the therapist, we yeah. don't even look at. Yeah, we don't and look we at have. the core. You know, um, well, in our culture, uh, intimacy is interchanged for sex. It is. And they're really two different things. You can have sex without intimacy, and you can have intimacy without sex. My experience is that um, there's the, there's two most common ways of achieving intimacy with a couple One's through sex and one's through conversation. And there's usually, um, one, we usually prefer one or the other. You know, it, when I say prefer, it's the easier way, it's the safe way mm. for mm. us to, to have intimacy. Mm. Well said. And so um, my experience is also that whatever our preferred path to intimacy, whether it's conversation or sex, is usually the opposite of our <laughs> spouse's preferred path. To, Thank you, God, to, to, yeah. <laughs> for that beautiful thing, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, yes, we are not going to, if, you're, if your preferred path is sex, you're most likely not going to have much of a sex life in the long run if you are not really working on the conversation path, too. And getting better at doing that because really what it's about is to 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 have intimacy you've got to be vulnerable and the place where you're most scared is where you're going to be less vulnerable and I think a lot of men are scared in conversation because they feel like they can get hurt easily in conversation and a lot of 
and I don't want to overgeneralize here, but because I've seen it go sure, flip flop. Sure. But for a lot of women, the sex is scary because because that's where they can get hurt emotionally the easiest. Sure, um, you know, rejected. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. Is well, that, I mean, we've got so many piece? conversations to have <laughs> later on down the road. But yeah, you're 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 right. You're you're right in the ballpark, both of us, with this. And when I discovered that about men, because there is no training manual, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for y'all, and now we are just inundated with what's supposed to be the training manual, all this stuff that's everywhere on the internet, mm-hmm. but it still leaves him vulnerable. Mm-hmm. inside of the relationship because if his validation does come through the sexual experience and he doesn't know how to communicate on an emotional level with his wife the affair happens and vice versa yeah. it could happen so we still have lots of conversations to have and yeah. I still do as a platform for that and we love working with couples we 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 laugh sometimes we cry sometimes with our couples someone asked me the other day well I thought you were going to have a group for their kids well, it depends upon how old the kids are, and that's something we'll develop later on. Mm. You know, how do you, you know, how do you tell the child that's between the ages of zero and eight, and how do you tell the teenager or the preteen, or how do you tell the adult children? That's still a language that we're working on in, in the platform. Yeah, that's great. Is it too soon to tell, or should I tell? Again, those 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 yeah. circular questions. Sometimes. Those are some of the hugest yeah uh, things we are always up against. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure, but um, having you on here. But how do people get in touch with uh, with you if they want to uh, find out more about I Still Do? Best way is email. We okay. love phone calls, but <laughs> email is a great platform for us as well. So you want to just email me directly. My email address is PSN Patricia, last name Adams, A D A M S at Z W Group Group. Sorry, at Z W Group dot net. So I'll say it again. P. Adams at zwgroup.net. Okay, great. And is that a website as well? Our website is zwgroup.net. So okay. Zeitgeist Wellness Group. Zeitgeist is a German word that literally translates nothing's going to happen to the spirit says it's time. So Geit is spirit and Zeit is time in German. And when I heard that in Psychology 101, I said, oh, if ever I get to name a business, I'm going to use that. <laughs> and it's so spiritual. I mean, you go back to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Nothing's going to happen until God says it's time for it to happen. Mm. So it's always a pleasure to talk about who we are and what we do. And I hope our concern for those listening today, if they're involved in something like this, or maybe they have a friend or a co-worker, and you're listening today, please pass this information on to them to let them know that we can offer support for them if they are in that place of I still do. Oh, you bet. ZWgroup.net. ZWgroup.net. It's sure been a pleasure having you. Thank you, John. Keep doing what you do. And you too. All right. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize our culture for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this and any of our podcasts. Drop us an email at relationshiprewire at gmail.com. That's relationshiprewire at gmail.com.
Is your church or organization looking for a course that doesn't just provide information, but actually transforms marriages and relationships? Then visit us at growinglovenetwork.org to see how our Growing Love course can work for you. Growing Love has been chosen by the state of Texas as a Together in Texas course, and it's also recommended for engaged couples.